in front of me <laughs> on the other side of the the, uh -huh. the the thingy and drew mcintyre i am roger north this is the take this personally podcast take this personally take this personally because it's just us it's just us and we're going to try to not insult anybody but if we do well that's your problem not ours so uh if you're offended by anything that we say stop listening stop listening and go find life <laughs> i mean we're not going to be bothered by that one inch and we're not doing it purposely but it's like this kind of very oh we have to be careful because somebody might get offended well then what do we say let's just sort of sit in silence yeah yeah already five people are offended just by sitting in silence so mm -hmm. just just for us saying that if you're offended then we don't care or whatever. People get offended by that. So, you know, people go in circles. Yeah. And uh, anyway, the point of the podcast <laughs> might be a good idea is yeah. for us to just take a subject <laughs> and just talk about the subject. So philosophize about it, see whatever comes up. And so we're going to suggest basically a word and not even a phrase, just a word. And As a word, provocation. As a we'll provocation. Yeah. Yeah. And the word of the day, of the week or the month, whatever, the word of the moment is money. Mm. Mm. There's a lot of songs written about money. There's a lot. Of, I was just thinking exactly that same thing. Yeah. Because the first thing that pops up is about money, money, money. Oh, I was thinking Pink Floyd. I thought Pink Floyd. And then I thought I Pink Floyd. The, one? the 80s one. Oh, boy. But they're like, there's, yeah, there's loads. I mean, there's like, it's probably one of the top things people have written songs about after love. Money and love. Yeah. Love and yeah. money. Yeah. Yeah. It comes up like in, in so many songs mm -hmm. that it's just really pretty silly. Well, it's all around and it's, and, in, and it's nothing really. It's just a figment of our imagination really, isn't it? Isn't it? It's just something we agree yeah. upon. We just trust that this piece of plastic is going to convey some goods to me if we're still using, yeah. It used to be something that was really tangible, mm. you know, where they actually took a piece of metal that was actually worth, you know, after they agreed upon its worth, mm. because that's always the point. But it used to be that, you know, if you had one gold coin or a silver coin or whatever, and that was the value of silver at that time, then that was your capital. That was it. Simple. You couldn't have more than you've had. I mean, you couldn't like tell people I have two pieces of silver because you only have one. Yeah, right. Right. So mm -hmm. it's just the 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 notion of people just thinking that they have a lot of money, but they don't really. And not only that, whoever backs up the claim that you have money doesn't really have it either. Mm. I mean, we stepped off the gold standard like, I don't know, a couple of decades ago, and we haven't returned to anything solid since. So the money that you have is not really connected to anything in the real world. Well, I read that recently that a, was it in Papua New Guinea, a tribe there has gone back to using shells for some reason rela related to the current pandemic, but for some reason in their area they've gone back to using shell bartering right money rather than the official national money 
because they've invested their trust in something else. Exactly, and it's that easy to do, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. if if you, especially if you have a uh, a closed, uh, how do you say that community? Uh, yeah, exactly. A closed ecosystem. Yeah. Then, then you can agree on this is two shells or this is three shells or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's always the thing that you know you need to be aware of inflation that people are not gonna just go out to the ocean and just dig up an unlimited amount of shells and then you have well that's the thing i've got i've got all the shells can we go back to using shells <laughs> i mean as soon as we said money i mean i was just bitcoin popped into my head just yeah, like, too. yeah so you need to talk about btc and one of the advantages of bitcoin is that it's limited Mm-hmm. There's never going to be more than what is it, 21 million bitcoins, something like that. There's never going to be more. Well, says who? See, I'm still trying to get my head around it. I've, I've step by step, and you'd be really proud of me because every so often through my day, it's like some a penny drops. Well, that's interesting. I use the expression about the penny drops, and I go, oh, I get it. I must tell Rog. <laughs> yeah. I finally yesterday got the difference between an exchange and a wallet. I got it. I got it. All right. Okay. Well, and that's I a kind big of, one. and we talk about it and I nod and I go, yep, 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 yep. And then we close the zoom or the, the call or whatever. And I go, I have no idea. What was it? I just agreed to, because I have it in the moment and then it disappears. Mm-hmm. I got it. Though. I got it slowly. I'm kind of getting it, but who says there's only going to be 21 million. So the code that was written, because I don't know exactly. I'm not an expert, mm. but Satoshi Yakamoto, whatever, mm. he wrote, and we don't know who he is, so that's the thing. But he wrote the code for Bitcoin. So how it's mined, how it's encrypted, and how it's exchanged, and all those kind of things. And there in the code is written, there's not going to be more than 21 million Bitcoin. So as long as the code isn't changed, there cannot be more than 21 million Bitcoin. So that's the trick. Well, just change the code if they want more. No? Yeah, that's the trick because the code is not in one place. It's decentralized. Oh, okay. If I would start a Bitcoin node where Bitcoin can be verified and you know transactions can be verified or mined or whatever, then I would also have a copy of that code. And because the copy is spread out over a variety or locations, computers, whatever, server farms, mining, whatever, if anybody wants to change it and does change it, if I create a Bitcoin node, then I go like, well, there can be 21 million and one Bitcoin, and that one Bitcoin is going to be for me. Mm. Then my piece of code is not going to match up with all the other pieces. With all the others, yeah. And then it gets rejected. Mm-hmm. So the only way for it to be able to change is everybody who owns or who is like a caretaker almost, mm-hmm. if they all agree at the same time that they're going to change the code and save it everything at the same time, then maybe it's possible. But the odds of that happening is just it's negligible. So it so can it's kind of hardwired. That's it. That, yeah, that, that, you, yeah, it cannot be changed. And I'm sure there's people who've tried it, but it's just not going to work. And that's why it's it's such a relative stable environment because everybody knows this is the limit. This is it. And 
then, because that's going to be the big thing, that's you get back to the, the people that you know decided that we're going to have uh, shells as a payment. As mm. soon as you start to be within the ecosystem of Bitcoin, then everything is going to sustain itself, right? So if I buy your services with Bitcoin and you buy other people's services with Bitcoin, mm and you start buying your hardware or your groceries and stuff like that with Bitcoin, then at some point it's going to level out. It's going to be normalized. And then the worth of the stuff that you buy is going to be dictated by the amount that's available within the Bitcoin, uh, within the blockchain. I was just thinking about a whole bunch of other topics are kind of coming up as you talk, like abundance and how much is enough and what's the point of money. And like, so some, somebody, wrote the code for bitcoin when 10 20 years ago when like how old is it do you, you know uh, 2004 yeah it's coming up 15 okay. years something like that okay so in this century somebody decided that they needed to write a code for another currency mm-hmm. as far as you know what's the purpose of that because my understanding is that money well you know we've got money what paper well plastic money now we've got coins we've got bank accounts and debit cards and credit cards it's so that we can get stuff that we want and we have an agreed means of how of, of agreeing on the value of the stuff that we want. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the notion of money in itself is fine. Human greed is the big problem. Sure. But aside from human emotions, the fact that you know we agree upon a certain economic system in order to compensate each other for the stuff that we do, instead of just bartering which is not always useful because, you know, you might not have something. You have to negotiate every single time. Yeah, Yeah, true. And I might have something you want, but you might not have something that I want. Exactly, exactly. Turns out you have nothing to barter with. So if you use money, then you can compensate for, or you can work around that. And, but problem is that, especially this day and age, and it it has been for, for, in some countries, you know, as, as soon as you have like an authoritarian leadership. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why they always fuck it up, but they just seem to, I mean, it just seems to be like this manual that as soon as you are ruling everything, then you need to, you know, make everybody as rich as you possibly can. Mm. So you start printing money. And when you start printing money, then, you know, you inflate money. And the, the, the thing with that is that, you know, you're, your money is not always worth the same thing. No, no, no. We've seen that with hyperinflations and things like that. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, yeah. and if you're lucky, then you you get out of it. But like what's, what's happening now in Venezuela, I mean, it's the inflation is so rapid and so all over the place. Nobody knows how much anything costs. Yeah. No, I've lived like that. I, years ago, I lived in, in Turkey when inflation was around about 100, 150%. And we got paid in cash and we re- literally had to spend everything by the end of the month. Cause at the end of the month, what we got paid at the beginning of the month was just worthless. Yeah. yeah and, and we just so that, you know, we kept getting regular pay rises Yeah, because obviously everything. Yeah. You're you know, trying to keep up with inflation. You're trying to keep up with inflation mm-hmm. and it was fine. You know, like we know you kind of, you could eat and live and all that sort of stuff, but it was just bizarre that, you know, if you've got extra in your hand at the end of the month, go off and spend it. Go, go off and buy something, even if you don't want it, because next week it's going to be worthless. Yeah. It's yeah. just, you know, 
Yeah. You think, well, I've worked for this. I want to do something with it. I'm not just going to let it become worthless. Yeah, well, anything like that, then it's either a good idea to either buy some stuff, which you know it's going to hold value, like gold, mm. uh, or maybe some equipment or something, you know, stuff that you know that's going to last a while and it's going to be worth something. Well, what I, what I did was I spent it on a lot of travel. I got to see a lot of Turkey. I'd get to the end of the month and I would have enough to go away for a long weekend and I'd travel somewhere. And yeah, that'll so I, yeah it, it was great. You know, I ended up with zero in my hand, which is fine. That was the goal. But I saw a lot of Turkey because I thought, well, I don't have, there's no, I don't need stuff. I'm not really into stuff. You know, I'm not yeah. a collector of anything. It's like, well, I'll just go along to see Mount Ararat for a long weekend or something. You know, I did a lot of that. So it was fine. But it's just like, you kind of had to be on top of it, you know, because somebody somewhere or everyone everywhere was devaluing the money in your hand. It's just a weird thing. That's a very good topic that you bring up because that's one of the problems that we've, that we have, people are, are waking up right now mm-hmm. uh, and not just to Bitcoin because that's not really happening that fast. I mean, if you're in the bubble, then it's just amazing sure. to watch. But if you're outside yeah. of the bubble, then people still go like, what? What is it? Yeah, I know. And that's fine. I mean, everything in due time. That's that's Mm. good. But other than having enough, you know, to go on summer holiday or to Mm. buy the new car or do a down payment on the new car or something like that. Other than that, my parents did not think a lot about money. Right. Now, it was there. You, You get your salary. And you just make sure you have enough at the end of the month, mm. basically. And retirement was something that was already factored in. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even mm-hmm. a point of discussion. You know, it's just just the last, you know, 10, 20 years that, that come more upfront uh, in the news because investments, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Speculation that they do with that kind of money and blah, blah, blah. And... But if you just don't think about money, just put it in the bank and forget about it, then uh, your money will devalue over time, especially now. With the, and that's why people are waking up. I mean, the other day I got, literally, I had a savings account with the bank and they told me, you know, we're going to end the savings account because it's too expensive for us to to maintain yeah. it because yeah. it needs to be watched, it needs to be monitored, it needs to be whatever, all those kind of things. Well, it's just too expensive because we cannot put an interest on it. And no. so we're going to stop. I was fine. I bought Bitcoin with it, but okay. <laughs> nah, kidding. And it's under your mattress, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and no, but the, the thing is that Roger's address is <laughs> <laughs> people get these, they, they, that's the thing. People get these awareness that they have now with the low interest and those kind of things that, that they start to worry about, you know, what's going to happen with my money in 10 years time, what's going to mm-hmm. be happening with money that I put away now. Is that going to increase? Uh, is it going to stay the same or whatever? And, but it's, it's an interesting what you're saying right now, like you're kind of just echoing what you did your previous point, like in your parents' generation, they probably didn't think about money. And I don't think mine did in a, in a kind of a way where you kind of have, have to think about it. It was always just there. You know, it was, I think we're probably at the tail end of a very, very small part of human history where a small percentage of the population could just get on with life and not worry about money yeah. and tomorrow and retirement. 
you know and i think we're kind of seeing the tail end of that now but my parents the same like they never really thought about it in the sense of how will we be okay when we retire there was a pension that just came with the job there was just enough you you earned enough so that you did have to you could you know put a roof over your head and food on the table and you didn't yeah. worry about where food was coming from next week mm-hmm. all that kind of social contract job security you know stuff has kind of evaporated in our lifetime so just listening to you just now you're, you're thinking about money you're thinking about what happens when i'm older what happens mm-hmm. when i'm not able to work which we do have to be more conscious about in this exactly because i have been working here and there for my own and whatever you yeah know? so so my I haven't been working for the same company all my mm. life. So I do not have a pension as such. No, it's just not there. Mm. And I'm fine with that because, you know, whatever. And, but I do read the news yeah. you know, about, yeah. you know, the pensions getting cut yep. because of bad yep. investments and hard yep. times and this. And then I go like, well, but these people have worked their whole life mm-hmm. in order to have a certain income that's what they're counting on and then it gets nibbled away every time and it's not much sometimes it is but you know so it gets nibbled away while everything else gets more expensive healthcare gets more expensive Uh energy gets more expensive the food gets more expensive and on top of the inflation you know just because of inflation everything gets more expensive but your pension doesn't inflate there's no inflation you're Inflation is the interest that you make on the money that you have. And mm. if that interest drops to 0.0 whatever, then the inflation is going to catch up with you really quickly and give it a couple of years and you're, you're toast. I mean, you're not mm. going to be able to keep up with that. So money is really a very fleeting thing. It's very you know, unsubstantial. It is. I think that's the thing. It's not about people are saying so much, but talking about money per se. They're, th- they're thinking about the fact that previously this thing called money was where you could you could rest your trust that when you're old in retirement that you'd be okay. Now that with with inflation and everything you just said, the trust our trust in banks and pensions and all that sort of stuff has become eroded. So people are asking themselves, well, how will I be? Have I you know what what have I put aside because pensions the value of pensions being eroded so what do i do when i get older how can i be sure that i'll be fine you know my parents generation i don't think they worried about the fact they'd have a roof over their head and food on the table when they got old they just knew that that's the way things were yeah i think it's not so much about money it's about security and you know this sort of precariousness that we seem to be living in more and more yeah and i think we're talking about you know on the world stage a relatively small group of people yeah, it's still talking about millions, but you know we happen to live in the Western world in Western Europe, yeah. so we have that standard. That's just what it is. But mm-hmm. um, for uh, a lot of people in the world, it hasn't changed that much over the last no. couple of decades. No, you know, but they never were on that that high platform that our no. parents were, and yeah, so we were brought up also with a certain state of mind, I guess, expectation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah 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 true and it starts to nibble i think i know my mom is i mean she's not she she pretends not to be worried but i know mm. it's, you know it's not mm. that easy you know with mm. with everything getting more expensive especially healthcare especially at her age i mean the pension getting a little bit lower all the time you know and those kind of things it just doesn't balance out in the long term mm. and uh, yeah it so far she's good 
because you know I think she started out with a really good pension, so that's an advantage. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I see the on the news. I mean, I see how it's in the they go like I don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. You work your whole life in order to expect a certain level of, and then it just gets nibbled away. And that's right. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's it's slowly, slowly. It's imperceptible. So I think that's the thing. You know, it's like that old that old cliche: the boiling frog. You don't notice that the temperature is rising. Yeah, until you don't too notice. Late. It's little bit by little until it's too late, and you go, "Well, where's it gone?" Yeah. Well, you know, this happened thirty years ago. It started to happen thirty years ago. Yeah. Yeah, if not longer. I mean, it's just. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I don't want to bring up the U.S., but I mean, dang, mm. they got it down to a science. You know how they want to do those kind of things, and they're very. They're almost like a. Oh, they're not almost. They're a caricature of you know Western civilization, and in, in in an almost cartoonish mm. way, they they manage to 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 fuck up everything like mm. really good i mean they're like wily coyote on steroids i mean if they, mm-hmm. you know anything they do and it goes wrong it goes wrong spectacularly and uh which i give them i mean i i mean they can do great things and they can do really great mm-hmm. but you know uh, if they do things bad or bad things they can also do really good let me put it that way mm-hmm. but the inflation there at the moment is like really getting out of hand. And it's just that, you know, the national debt has grown, I don't know, 600% or whatever and those kind of things. And I totally lost my point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I, my mind just, I, I just sort of drifted off and thought about Star Trek. When I, when I, was <laughs> I think everybody who's listening not drift off. <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, I, I grew up on the original Star Trek series. It was, I just love it. And that's how I kind of got hooked into the whole Star Trek stuff. Yeah, but one of the things, and I remember even as like a ten-year-old, fascinated by there was this society where there was no money. Yeah, there was no discrimination. There was no. It's not entirely true because it was made in the '60s, and so there was that kind of Captain yeah, Crooks, a bit of a, a bit of a, you know, a hot guy. All of you know, but that aside, it was like there was this sort of kind of equal opportunities picture of the world that wasn't the reality of that I was growing up in like, wow, mm-hmm. look, okay. There's women, they're doing stuff. Cool. There's no money. There was no money. And then when the next generation came along, it's was like, yeah, wow, this is cool that there's a world where there is no money and no one starves and there is abundance and there's enough for everyone. Well, it required a third world nuclear war, which wiped out like mm. more than a third of the population of the planet. Well, they, they do, they do say before things get better, they have to kind of get worse. You know, and like what what sort of human cataclysm might befall maybe in our in our lives, but you know, in the next century or two, till this species goes. You know what we've we've properly fucked up what we've been doing so far. We've got to be a bit more conscious about what we're doing. I hope there's going to be enough leeway and enough flexibility uh, left in uh, nature and environment and all those kind of things to actually have enough room to be able to come out on top to be able to change like i'm not a pessimist and at the same time i'm not hopeful that that's going to happen i think we've it's called being a realist but it's being a realist yeah Yeah. i think we've crossed the line where we there's so much that's irreversible you know you can't reverse extinctions 
the biodiversity is a worry. I mean, there's some basic stuff, some fundamental stuff that I think our, our lives utterly depend on it. And we are quite unconsciously, you know, we're not being mindful, but we are destroying species. Biodiversity is shrinking. That's our, that's our death nail, really. That's Isn't it funny? Because, you know, because that's what kind of worries me at the beginning, like when you talk about money, you know, mm -hmm. but it also like in the, the previous, you know, conversation that we've had, that how often, you know, whenever you try and tackle a problem or make sense of a problem or, mm. or, or just try and wrap your head around it, it always comes down to money and, you know, the human greed element that if you, even if you have the subject of money, you end up in environmental issues like extinctions and the, I mean, we're living through an extinction, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like one of the biggest extinctions in the history of the world, which is quite saying quite a lot, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because the, the planet has been around for 4 billion years and it's had yeah. a couple of significant extinctions. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the biggest ones that we're actually living in, but you don't mm -hmm. see it because we're the frogs living in, you know, in, 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 in the water. water slowly heating up. Yeah. And, and there's frogs literally slowly heating up and dying because, you know, it gets too warm for them. But it's funny how, how you can start with money and you can end up with any subject. Yep. It all pivots on it, doesn't it? It's on, amazing. On the, it? the damage. Well, I mean, you know, we can get slightly controversial and say it's capitalism where a system whose raison d'etre is to accumulate capital. That's the point. It's why it's called capitalism. You yeah. accumulate capital when you have a system where you're, and it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's, we dress it up. We put lipstick on pigs. We dress it up and say, Oh, you know, business with a purpose and all that sort of stuff that people have been trying to roll out for 20 Tr years. Trickle now. down but, economy. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. But essentially if we're living in a capitalist society, we're living in a society where the point is to accumulate capital. Yeah. Regardless of the consequences, regardless of the fact there's limited amounts on this planet, just keep accumulating it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not a romantic, so I'm not going to romanticize, you know, sort of indigenous peoples or, or you know, parts of the you know, human, humanity where there, it's not fundamental. But it is interesting where some traditional societies, for example, that don't operate from a capitalist mindset. Maybe it's a myth, but like it's like living in harmony with the world. We are part of it. We are not separate from it. Like the Native Americans. Mine. Yeah. Yeah. Because as, as far as, as, yeah. as a race goes yeah aboriginals uh, in australia yeah i mean living in harmony with where because you are not separate from it you are you are of it yeah exactly yeah and it's the only way to live yeah and we are not doing that mm -hmm. at all and yeah because the focus lies on accumulation and um because mm. i was thinking you were saying that like capitalism is the pursuit of capital and mm -hmm. that is true. It's just that the game is rigged. Of course it is. And that inherently, I think that's the problem because if there's, if there's a, you know, as they like, a, like, a, how, <laughs> okay, I'll get there. <laughs> Be patient. I'll get there. <laughs> if the system is actually as they would have you believe the system is. Hmm. You know, taxes are fair. Uh, huh. The distribution of wealth is fair huh. and all those kind of things. The people who work harder have more and all those kind of things. If it were 
literally that way, then I think it would be fine. I mean, if you get what you deserve, if you get what you earn mm. in a fair system, you know, then it's fine. Then there's no problem. But as soon as you gain a little bit of power and you start changing the system, you know, even mm. a little bit, you know, butterfly effect, you change it a little bit because you can. And then the next guy comes around and he has got a little bit more money because you changed the system in a way where he's possible. And I'm saying he very, you know, consciously mm. because for the most time, that's what it was. And, you know, one builds on top of the other. But what if we get money from this? Yeah, but that's illegal. Okay. So what if we change the law? Mm -hmm. like, yeah, but they need to do that. So we give them a little bit. And then mm -hmm. they benefit from what it is that we're doing. And they change the law so we can get more. And they can benefit from it more. And, you know, once you start playing that game, the corruption game, basically, then the system becomes inherently unfair. And then you get the big changes or the big differences that we have now. Well, it's not the system inherently unfair anyway, because it's it's invented by humans who are inherently flawed, not perfect, subject to emotions. Technically, Bitcoin is fair. It's a fair system. It's it's uncorruptible. Mm. And of course, I mean, there's now people <laughs> buying putting a hundred million in and 200 million and half a billion. And I, I get it. But you could also say that the Euro is technically, you know, the Euro that's in your wallet that you go off and buy stuff with is technically fair because you could spend that five Euro in any European Eurozone country and get five Euro worth of stuff. You could say technically that any money is fair. Technically it's the system that the money sits in that's unfair because it's the system that's invented by humans and mitigated and moderated by humans. That's where corruption and corruption is money is not corrupt in itself. No, it's the humans that are yeah. trading it back and forth. They, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's the human element that yeah. tends to be. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause then the humans, it's the humans that then make the rules that police the humans in the system. And yeah, exactly. Like say, well, and let's just you, change if, the law. Well, that's where's the fairness in that? If exactly. some people can change the law, so if you start changing changing that, that that's why people want to own Congress or want to mm -hmm. own mm -hmm. uh, whatever in England. Well, that's why there are lobbyists in every exactly. in every parliament. Exactly. There are people that exactly. are paid to go there and pressure our elected members, and exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. They shouldn't be allowed. So yeah, that's the thing. Mm. That's the point. I mean, money in itself is fair, especially when you have very strict and concrete agreements on it. Like the euro, I mean, that's like, a, it's it's a relatively watertight currency because mm -hmm. it's supported by so many nations and banks and all those kind of things. It's, it's a pretty solid mm -hmm. currency, which is fair. But, you know, as soon as you start meddling with the taxes, uh, which mm -hmm. is like this, you know, it's a very popular way to mm. make money and or not to lose money. I mean, we all pay taxes, of course, but not everybody does. And as soon as you start with, you know, changing those kind of things, then yes, that's, that's when it starts to be corrupted. And, mm. Um, mm. and I agree. It's, I mean, it's that, what it's, it's when humans get involved and start, it's what they do with the money. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Exactly. So money is fine. 
mm. because it's i mean it's it's a very convenient way to you know to pay for services or foods mm. or whatever uh, in in a value that we can all agree upon i mean how convenient do you want to be i mean mm. i mm. think that's pretty fucking awesome mm-hmm. but so to come back though to the questions i had earlier which i'm still sitting kind of pondering is so somebody decided about 15 or so years ago they, they wanted to code a new currency at, mm. for what though well exactly for one of those reasons and it's the corruption of the current economic system which mm. as a consumer you cannot really trust i mean you cannot trust them with your savings mm. because you're gonna have no. to pay your bank in order to do that you can mm-hmm. not really i mean even trusting them with your mortgage is kind of tricky i mean we see that with the what was it 2008 economic crash the crash yeah now with the or now well, we're going to get you know the 2021 possible US dollar inflation which is going to be can be very detrimental not if you have billions that's fine i mean but you know if you only have a couple of thousand then it's going to get going to possibly hit you hard and you know the whitewashing the corruption i mean they did what in 2019 there was this report come out like there was like 2 trillion US dollar being whitewashed through the major banks, uh, Deutsche Bank and all those kind of things, like incredible mm. amounts of money being washed clean for criminals, terrorists, mm. whatever. And plus, I mean, it's just also something that, you know, if I want to get you money, then, you know, it's going to take a couple of days. There's like this uh, three different mm. institutions that need to make, make a little bit money out of that and all those kind of things. And with something like cryptocurrency, I can do it pretty instantly. I think the, now, well, that's being nibbled at, but the anonymous part is something that is also for, for a lot of people mm. a reason, but basically creating a digital decentralized currency mm-hmm. gives you the power to actually determine what's going to happen to your wealth rather than it being decided by mm-hmm. central banks. banks. I mean, or, take the yeah. federal bank in, in, mm-hmm. in the US. It's not a federal bank. It's privately owned. You know, the government has yeah. no say and hasn't had for about four decades, five decades. I mean, Kennedy tried mm-hmm. to change that. See what happened to him you don't get to decide what happens to the euro. You know, you're only living in it. You're mm. only working with it and you don't even have it. So <laughs> you have, still have the great British pound. Yeah, mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. So it's the decentralized bit, which is like... The decentralized bit, yeah. Uh, because the central banks are going to come. There's going to be an electronic version of the euro, right? And they're going to probably call it the crypto something, something or whatever. But it's still going to be centralized. Mm-hmm. It's going to still going to be controlled by the European Central Bank, so it's still going to be their currency, not yours. And the whole point of the decentralized version, the idea of being decentralized, is that nobody can take it away. No, exactly, exactly. I'm just thinking that I've kind of my mind's gone back to thinking about bartering. If I've got something that you want, you've got something that I want. Then it's just up to you and me, exactly. 
nobody else gets involved, you and me, to work out what's it worth. I'll give you three of these things. You give me four of those ones or three and three or, you know. Exactly. Yeah. What's no, to stop exactly. us? Nothing. Yeah. It's decentralized. Yeah. If I just hear everything and read everything, then the underlying shift or revolution, but the underlying shift of Bitcoin, of cryptocurrency, is going to be the availability to everybody to be able to use it. Because mm. in Venezuela, they are now focusing, not necessarily the government, they're focusing on Bitcoin because it's a relatively stable currency which anybody can access from anywhere as long as you have an internet connection, of course. And the idea with uh, Starlink coming up, the SpaceX company that are putting satellites mm -hmm. in orbit, like the plan is to have 12,000 of them all over the globe and being able to connect anybody from anywhere under any circumstances. That's going to unleash mm -hmm. the, the crypto movement in a way that nobody's being prepared for. Because once mm. you, know, you open up Africa to a certain worldwide decentralized cryptocurrency or India or the middle of China or I don't know where, then things can change very rapidly. I think there's a long lag though, because there's a trust issue. You know, like I can take my five pound note and I, I kind of understand its evolution, how we got to mm -hmm. paper money. You know, I can look at history. I, I think there's a trust thing because the technology that's going on with cryptocurrencies, I think is beyond most average person, unless you're really into tech, it's beyond most average person's grasp. Like what you have to understand about it, because there is still the, there's a kind of a mistrust of digital stuff what if it gets hacked into what if it, you know because i mean that's what we're kind of seeing you know oh look such and such a company had its database hacked into and the average person myself i put myself in that kind of goes right don't trust digital world don't trust the digital world trust the things that i can physically put my hands on so for me there's something really comforting about say gardening because i get it it's in my hand my scent my five senses are consuming what goes on in my garden i'm touching i'm yeah. smelling it you know what i mean it is it's a world that i think there's a lot of understanding and learning that people have got to undertake before we go i'm going to do this and that's where i'm you know pay me in bitcoin because it's like so what cuz you know i know that's no, a no, silly no. comment but what if somebody unplugged the internet what if some that's and i know that's thing. a crazy thing but you know what i mean like what happens if those satellites explode what happens because mm -hmm. this is all machines Whereas out in my garden, I can point to the cabbage that's growing mm -hmm. that I can consume and put in my body. I could you know what potentially I mean? barter for something, something else if the... you needed to. And I could yeah, potentially... That's completely exactly. true. But I, so I, I kind of money, money is kind of like I can put my trust into that to a certain extent while holding some kind of skepticism mm -hmm. about central banks and inflation and all that stuff. But it's like, okay, I've got a 10 pound note. I know what I can get for this 10 pound note. But where I can't even hold a Bitcoin, how heavy is a Bitcoin? You know, all those sorts of questions. But I think the average person is going, what yeah. actually is it? We need to, uh, to wrap it up. So uh, on what you just said, trust. I think mm. money and trust are really closely related. 
And absolutely, I think part of absolutely. the problem at the moment is that we trust. We've learned to trust mm. the institutions, the central banks, and they are slowly eroding that trust. Yeah. And yeah. because you can't count on them as well as we used no. to. And so I think it's at the moment people are, you know, on this this path where at some point you're going to, am I going to keep trusting fiat mm -hmm. or am I going to mm -hmm. learn to trust crypto? Mm -hmm. And at some point you're going to have to make a choice. Sure. I get that. But there is still a generation, let's not forget. I mean, we're the first generation kind of, we're in that middle bit where we weren't born into the age of the internet. It's kind of in, been introduced mm -hmm. in our lifetime. And to a greater or lesser degree, we've learned how to use what it's offered us. There's a generation behind us that are born with it. They're the natives. They're, they get stuff that you and I probably, you know, when they're our age, they will, will be like, how did you understand that? But there's, a, let's not forget another significant part of the population that still goes, I can't get my Facebook to work. I'm going to phone my internet provider because <laughs> they don't see all the, yeah. they really don't see the intricacies of what's the difference between Facebook, mm -hmm. my email, my, my Wi-Fi, what's a Wi-Fi and what's the Wi-Fi password? Is that yeah. what I put on Facebook? And the, I, you know, I, totally agree. Large... I totally agree with you. And, and yeah. there's, it, it's going to take some time. And it's going yeah, to take yeah, a lot yeah, of adoption yeah. and all those kind of things. And but it's going to happen in a record uh, time because I reckon, it's, uh, I as long so. as it took for so. for uh, regular fiat to catch up or to catch in and to to settle in what it is now, uh, the adoption mm -hmm. of crypto is going to happen. You know, within five years. Within five years, easy. I mean, now mm. it's all, almost not getting out of the news anymore. Five years time, you won't be having any problem paying with Bitcoin. It won't be a novelty no. item. You'll be yeah. able to pay, pay yeah. with yeah. Bitcoin everywhere. I'm guessing. Well, just as a closing thing, it brings me back to David Bowie, who was quite an interesting man throughout his whole life. He did lots of stuff that he's not widely known for doing. But there was an interview here in this country where, back in the 90s, where the internet was just kind of coming over on the horizon. And he was saying the internet is going to make such a huge difference in all of our lives, in all of humanity, in ways that we can't even begin to imagine right now. And the interviewer did that thing that they kind of looked down his nose at him and kind of slightly mocked him. And it's like, yeah, but you know, you're a rock star. What exactly. do you know? But it's just the internet. It's just yeah. a tool, isn't it? And David Bowie, straight face going, no, 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 this is going to change yeah. how we live our lives. Yeah. Ta-da, yeah, 20 years later. Of course and, it has. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know the yeah. one. Yeah, and he's he was right. Yeah. I mean, and 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 that's the thing with yeah. because when the financial institutions and talk about Bitcoin well. or whatever, they don't get uh, other, other cryptocurrencies. Other, a lot of a lot of them actually. <laughs> the the thing they don't get is the impact it's going to have on the future. They're just looking now. No. Is it a no, good investment no. at this moment in time? No, I don't think so. Okay, whatever. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, money. Don't trust it. Trust it. Up to you. I don't have a ticker on the counter or whatever on the bloody thing. So I just have my own stopwatch. So I'm guessing that okay. we're close to the end. And uh, wow, that was an interesting conversation. I think it Wasn't was. Wasn't it? We should do it, it again was. sometime. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. So we're not going to make any promises. <laughs> so until next time, this is Roger North and Andrew McIntyre. Take this personally.